Welcome today to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you, and uh, hopefully that you are enjoying the worship, enjoying that, enjoying what's going on. Everybody awake in here? Everybody awake? All right, good. All right, yeah, all right. Just making sure you never know, you know, daylight savings weekend and all, you just never know what people are going to be doing and thinking crazy stuff goes on. Crazy stuff. Well, it's good that you're here today, and if you would take your Bibles, uh, we're going to turn to the book of Malachi. Some of you may think that's a, a, a drink from Starbucks. It's not, but it's actually the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. And uh, it's, uh, if you go to the book of Matthew and just go back one chapter, it'll, uh, one book, it'll help you, but Malachi chapter 3. And we're continuing this series called The Blessed Life. And, um, and what we talked about last week was that the blessed life is living a life that's on the tangible and the intangible uh, favor of God. It's on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. And that the blessed life begins with the heart. That the issues from our heart, it's what, it's what the book of, of Proverbs says, to guard our heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And so this week we're talking about how that affects us in the area of our finances. And I just want to say something right from the very beginning. I actually, before I started this series, went back and uh, it's been five years since I've done a complete series on finances. Uh, which is, wow, I, 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 I kind of was like, really? And I think I've done some messages here or there. But what I'm going to do this weekend is very pastoral. For some of you, many of you, um, you get this. You do this. You practice this. This is, this is going to be maybe just some, uh, a boost of confidence to you. For some of you, this is going to be very challenging. Uh, for some of you, and I'm not trying to be this way. I'm going to try to be as conversational as I can. For some of you, you just may get um, upset. Because you just go, man, when people start talking about money, people get funny. And, and that's not my goal. But what I want to do is open up God's word and talk about what it says from a very balanced perspective of how that works in the area of your finances. And my desire, I'm going to get to at the very end, is as your pastor, is that you're blessed in that area of your life. That, that what you put your hand to, that your family, that you're blessed. And the Bible gives very, very straightforward instructions on how to do that. So I, wanna, I want you to understand that from a very pastoral perspective. But I am going to be somewhat direct because of time and, uh, and just because I think that God's Word deals with this head on. Jesus talked more about the subject of giving than he did about any other subject that he dealt with. And it's because, again, it's so inextricably connected to the issue of the heart. And so uh, out of that heart comes these issues. And so this thing about giving uh, and about God's blessing on your finances, it begins with a test. Now, I don't know if you were like this in high school, but this, is, this was me. More times I'd really care to, uh, to admit. But showing up for class, of course, high-fiving about six people, saying, what's up? And sitting down in my chair, and all of a sudden the teacher said, okay, begin to get your pencils out. We're going we're gonna to take the test. And I'd be like, what test? Test? What test? Anybody else like that? And that fear of panic comes over you. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh my, I totally forgot. And I'm sure you never did that. I did that more times than I'd care to, to, uh, to admit. And it's that I didn't study. I, I, I'm not prepared. I, I don't know. It's, and then it's all of that. And as a Christ follower, the Bible says that every time we deal with the area of our finances, every time we get paid, there is this test that comes. And the test is really this. Whom are you going to thank for your income? Whom are you going to thank for your income? Because you're going to thank somebody. Now, some of us, we think, you know, 
General Motors, and some of us we think Visa, some of us think we think the, you know, uh, uh, the bank, and 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 but you're thinking somebody, you're writing some checks to say, here's I worked all this week, I worked all this time so that I could write this check to you. And people say, well, how do you know who you're thinking? Because we all, you know, we got car payments and house payments, and all we we deal with that. Sure we do. But what's the what's the what's the first check that you write? What's on the, like, the must, anybody else deal with this? What's on, like, the must-pay bill page? Like, okay, I got to pay these. Like, these right here, man, I can hold off a little bit, but this that has to be paid. Anybody else live in that world? Okay, I see that hand. Oh, yeah, I've got, holla. So, right, I mean, because it, it's, that's, that's life in reality. And so the question is, is, is when it comes to that, who gets paid? Because here's the deal is, Visa and the car company and the mortgage company doesn't have the ability to bless your finances. And we've all gone through, if you're a homeowner, you've gone through the, the unpleasant experience of your home losing value. I bought a home right before, uh, in the summer of 08. And so, go right back to my, my best buddy, Kevin Nash, to say, hey man, what's my house worth? And it's not worth as much what I think it's worth. Anybody else have that? All right, you know what I'm saying? So we all realize that, that everything, even quote-unquote appreciable assets that are, that, are, that are good investments, they rise and they fall. But the Bible says that there's one that doesn't, and that's God. And that's really what I want to talk to you about, because God deals with this very directly in the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Now, Malachi is a four-chapter book, and it's a book about God returning. It's, it's about returning to God. In chapter 1, it's, it's about returning to God in your faith. In chapter 2, it's about returning to God in your family. In chapter 3, it's about returning to God in the area of your finances. And in chapter 4, it's about God returning to His people. It's really kind of cool how God ends the Old Testament with his return to his people. And then Matthew chapter 1, we see the birth of Jesus Christ. But we're talking today about the area of our finances. So Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 6, the Bible says this, I, the Lord, do not change. He makes a declarative statement. Let's skip on down to verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and in offerings. For you are under a curse, the whole nation, because you are robbing me. Verse 10. So bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. That's the only place in Scripture that says you can test God is in the area of finances. I will get back to that in a minute. It says the Lord Almighty, and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of a blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. Verse 11, I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And verse 12 says, and then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now God here is speaking to the nation of Israel. He's speaking to his people. We understand through the book of, through what Jesus Christ did, that we are, we are sons and daughters of God. The book of Galatians, Paul says, as he speaks to the church in Galatia, that we have been grafted into the vine. That although we're not Jews or Israelites of, of, of a natural birth order, but yet through Jesus Christ, we are his people. We're all part of that blessing that God gave Abraham uh, all the way back in Genesis. So I want to walk through this passage because this passage talks to us about how we have favor uh, in the area of our finances and what happens. Now, first of all, in verse 6, he makes a statement that he changes not. And I think this is, this is interesting and, and very important to pour out. Giving to God and honoring him as your source, he does, doesn't change before, during, or after the Old Testament or the New Testament. Understand this principle of tithing, and I'm going to explain that in just a minute. This principle of tithing actually goes way before the law, before the, what we read in the Old Testament, and it comes after. 
2,500 years before the law was given, we see that Cain and Abel offer tithe or offering to God. And Cain uh, didn't tithe, but Abel did. The Bible says that Cain gave, uh, gave, uh, gave some and Abel gave all. And God accepts Abel's, but he rejects Cain. 500 years before the law, Moses tithes. He gives a tithe, uh, in, according to Genesis chapter 14, uh, to, to the Lord. And 400 years before the law, Jacob tithes, according to Genesis chapter 28, off of his income. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we see the law, God's law, the law of God is implemented. And in that, it says that we are to, or, or the Old Testament, they were to tithe that they were to give 10% of everything that they had. They tithed on everything. It wasn't just their finances. If it, somebody gave you a goat, 10% of that went to God. Matter of fact, every time you got an animal, the offspring, the first offspring, all went to God. There, there's that principle of first. And Jesus goes on and talks about this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. And he says, Woe to you, you scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you pay tithes on spices, and you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, such as justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done, tithing, without leaving the others, mercy and justice, undone. So Jesus doesn't do away with this. He simply says that, look, there's more to it than just tithing on the spice, tithing on these small, insignificant things. That's great, well done, but, but you should do that, but you also should make sure that you balance that with living a life of mercy and justice and grace. Paul talks about percentage giving when he speaks to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, starting in verse 1 and verse 2. Now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do, do what I told the church in Galatia to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. The bottom line is, is that God's word is true. And when you honor God with the tithe, he will bless your finances. You may say, well, you know, I think that's Old Testament, Old Covenant, and I just don't. That's fine. But I'm telling you, when you honor God with your tithe, with 10% of your income, we'll explain that in a minute, he'll bless your finances. Why? Because his word doesn't stop. The, 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 the God's word is yes and amen. He says in verse 6, I am God and I change not. So the blessings of God continue to go. And you may say, well, but I don't feel like I'm under the law. No, according to the New Testament, you're to give everything that you have and only live on what you need. You want to go back to the Old Testament now? <laughs> that, that, that's the truth of the matter. I mean, you look at Acts in the book of Acts. They gave everything that they had. And when they lied about what they had, Ananias and Sapphira, God struck them down dead. He hasn't done that since that I know of. It's nowhere else in Scripture. But I'm just saying that to say, when we talk about finances, sometimes there's this mentality to go, how much can I hold on to and how little can I give to God? Does that make sense? Instead of saying, God, it's all yours. Again, it goes back to the attitude of the heart. God looks at our heart. And so, but if you want God to bless that area of your life, Tithing is the key to that. Now, he says in verse 9, he uses this word that we're not real comfortable with, and, and we shouldn't be, but it's the word curse, uh, that you're under a curse. Now, here's what he's referring to. When, in Genesis chapter 3, when sin enters the world, there is a curse that comes into the world called sin and death. And the Bible's very clear in Genesis chapter 3 of the ramifications of those. Part of that is that work, the work that we do will be, will, will be um, hard. Uh, it'll be laborsome. Um, it, it won't be easy. Uh, that there'll be birth with, there'll be pain with childbirth. That there'll there'll be issues. That there'll be problems. That there'll be sin into the world, sin and death. And so we're under a curse. So everything in our life is under a curse. What God is saying here is not that He's cursing you if you don't do it His way. You understand? What He's saying is is that there's a way to redeem your finances from that curse, and that is by just honoring God with the tithe. If you honor God with the tithe. 
then he has redeemed. It, it's a way of, of redeeming that. And so we see that even in, in the Old Testament when they would, they would sacrifice. They would sacrifice. They would give 10% to God so that God would bless. They would sacrifice their animals, the, uh, the, the first of which of the offspring, so that God would bless. And so we see this idea behind here. So I don't want you to get wigged out that if I don't tithe, I'm, I'm cursed. No, 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 no. We all born under sin and death. So we all born under a curse. Jesus redeems us spiritually and redeems our lives physically from that curse, right? That's the reason why we say Jesus Christ come into my heart, come into my life. John 10, 10. God comes in to give his life and life to the full. And he does that in every area of our life. And the area of finances, God's word says, hey, if you want this to be blessed, then it's, it's more of a, of a, if you want this to be blessed and taken to a whole other level, then honor me in this. But it's not, it's not that God's impending a curse up on you if you don't do it his way. We're all born into that. And that's this whole, uh, you see people that just spend their whole life chasing uh, after a dollar, trading days for dollars. Uh, poverty, that's all a curse. You realize that, poverty's a curse. Uh, uh, the Bible's very clear about that, that that whole subject is. And so, and, and so the deal is, is that God doesn't want you to be that way. God doesn't want you to live that way. God wants you to be blessed in, in that area. And I understand that has whole different meanings in different parts of the world, but, but regardless of where you are, he does want you to prosper and be blessed. And so... That's what verse 9 talks about. So let, let me jump right into the subject. Uh, tithe. To tithe means giving 10% of your income to God. That's what that means. Tithe means to give 10% to God. So that, that when, because some of you, you've never been raised in church and you're, this is a brand new, what does this mean? To tithe means to give 10% of your income to God. Now, why did God choose a percentage? I think it's real simple. It's because there's a, there, we may have a, a, a different amounts, but it's equal sacrifice. Uh, basically, it's one penny on every dime that you make. It's 10 cents on every dollar. And so anybody can do that. A child can do that. I mean, I've taught my girls early on that this is what, how we do this and to tithe and to honor God in that way. Uh, you can do that whether you're, you're, working a, you know, you're, you're working at the grocery store after school and you're working your way through high school, through college. You have the ability to do that. You can do that when you get your first job out of college and uh, your first job out there, you're, you know, you're, you're making a, a grand whopping $25,000 and, uh, and, and you, you tithe on that. Or, or whether you're you know, a corporate CEO and you're in the corner office, you own your own business, whatever it is, and, and now the numbers just get larger. The percentage stays the same. Because here's the reality. To someone who only has 10 bucks, a dollar is a lot of money. You know what I'm talking about? But somebody got, that makes a million dollars a year, $100,000 is a lot of money. It, it, it all hurts the same. Does that make sense? Is anybody living in the same world I'm living in? Y'all must make a lot more money than I make. All right, because everybody's like, no, nah, man, I just. So anyhow, the reality is, is God said, look, I'm going to make this equal for everybody. I'm going to make this easy for everybody. I'm going to do this in a way that's reflexive for everybody. Now, I will tell you this, that if you can't tithe on $10, you'll never tithe on $100,000. I'll just tell you if, you, if you can't honor God with $1 out of 10, you'll never honor, because sometimes people go, well, when I make more money. No, 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 I'm telling you, it's a lie. You never will, because the numbers keep going, because it's all relative. So the reality is, the question about tithing is basically this, that when people go, well, do I tithe or do I not tithe? Here's the basic question. Do I either trust that God can take the 90% and with his blessing, it can go further or as far as 100%. Or do I trust that me with 100% can go further than God with a 90? That's the essence. So it's either a deal, me and 100% that I can outperform God and 90%. This isn't an IQ test. But I mean, that's really what that boils down to when we look at the area of, of tithing uh, in, in our lives. Now, 
Tithing is a test. There's a couple statements I want to make that he brings out here. Tithing is a test. I didn't come up with this. This is what he did. In verse 10, God says, test me in this. This is the only place in Scripture, the only place in Scripture that God says to test him. This is it in the area of money. It's very interesting to me that finances are the only way. You know why? This is my personal opinion. Why I think it is, it's because I think one one of the big things is that it's probably one of the things that we hold on to the most. I mean, we, we like God to fill our hands, but when he wants to take something away, we want to clutch it with like this death grip, like a toddler with a toy. We know it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And so there's a testing to that. Um, did you know, too, that, that, that 10 represents testing in the Bible? That number represents testing in the Bible. That's part of the reason why God chose to use that number. How many plagues were there in Egypt? There were 10. You, you, can, you can say out loud if you know this. How many times did God fest, test Pharaoh's heart? 10 times. How many commandments are there? There are ten. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Ten. How many times did Jacob's, were Jacob's wages changed? Ten. How many days were, was Daniel tested? Ten. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? Ten. How many days of testing are there mentioned in the book of Revelation? Ten. How many disciples are there? Ten. No, there's twelve. I'm just kidding with you. I just want to make sure you're there. <laughs> All throughout Scripture, ten is a number of testing. And I think it's a big deal. Um, it's a test. It, it, it's a test. It's a test of your heart. Do you really trust God as your source? Do you re- I mean, it's, it's more than the money. It's more than the amount. It, that's relative. It's do I really trust God? Do I really believe that God can do more with a 90 than he can with a 100? Do I really believe the guy standing on the stage as the pastor, is he, is he selling me a line or is, he, or is this really God's word? Do I really believe it works this way? And again, I want to say this. We're not having any financial troubles at Life Church. We're paying our bills. This is your church. We're building a new facility. I, we're, I'm not, this is not about any of that. Matter of fact, last year was the best financial year we've ever had in the history of the church. And the church is better off financially than it's ever been. But this isn't about the church. This is about you. Because here's the thing that I know. If God's going to bless the church, he's going to use people to do it. And I know he's going to bless the church. And I want it to come through you. And if you, if you go, I, I don't want that, then he'll bring other people in that'll be willing to be blessed. I'm, I'm just saying, this is just the way it works. God, never, God has never showed up at my office with a check from the heavenly bank account and just said, hey, Aaron, I know that you guys needed this for missions. Just want to just drop this by. It doesn't work like that. It's God's people. And, but there's not an issue. There's not a problem. But it's a deal of, but this is a real issue that we all face and we all deal with from time to time. It's a test of my heart. It's the only place that I can test God. And really, it's one of the places that God really tests us. And if you want to see God's power and his work and his blessing in your finances and in your business, then this tithe test is where to begin. Now, the second thing I want to say, it's in Scripture here, is that we bring it. Speaking of the tithe, we don't give it. We bring it, we don't give it. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Don't give the tithe, bring the tithe. Why? Because to bring it means it's not mine. To give it means it's mine. Let me give you an example. Maybe you don't live life like this. Welcome to the Cole household. I got my favorite chair. I got my fuzzy slippers on. I'm wearing my running suit that my wife hates, but it's just comfortable. Those sweats, and it's worn out, and it feels broken in, and the whole deal. 
and I have just eaten, and I don't want to walk across the room because one of my daughters left the remote control <laughs> to the television. So what do I say? Anna? Ava? Anna! Ava! But however, get in here. <laughs> hey, and what, what, Dad? Hand me that control, please. That remote control right there. You left over there. Dad, you left it. Don't, don't, con- don't mess up the conversation here. You know you did it, girl. Just admit it. Now, let's do this now. Thank you. I, give it to me. Why? It's mine. I just said, would you bring it? Because she don't pay for it. How y'all know that? That flat screen TV didn't walk in that house on its own. I paid for that thing. AT, you and Verse didn't show up in my house going, we want to give you free cable, Mr. Cole, because we love you. No, I paid for that. That remote control, I paid for that. So I said, girl, you give it to me. You know what I'm talking about? And so give it. Don't bring it. Give it. But in God's house, when it comes to the tithe, we bring it. We don't give it. I bring it unto the Lord. Why? Because everything that I have is his. He's given me the ability He's given me the relationship. He's given me the cognitive ability, the, the physical ability, uh, the emotional ability. He's given me all the things that I need, and he's blessed the work of my hands. And because he, he has, God, whatever I have is yours. When we came to Jesus, isn't that what we said? I give you my life, not my spiritual life. Not like I need some fire assurance, God, because I think I'm going to go to hell, Right? I give you my life. Here is everything that I have. Here's my past. Here's my present. Here's my future. I lay it down. And so then when I receive income from my job and I, pay, and I, I, I don't pay the tithe, I bring the tithe. It's not mine. It's his. It's a totally different mentality. I'm a steward, not an owner. And so how you bring, if you bring it and you don't give it, it declares... Who your source is. It's God. When, if I give it, it's me. If I'm giving the tithe, it's me. But if I'm bringing it, you may go, that's semantic. No, 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 it's not because it's his. And, and here's the deal is, when I get to the place where I realize everything that I have is his, it doesn't hurt to give it away. It's what I talked about last weekend. about I don't, I'm not grieving to give it away. It's all his. He owns it. It's all his. I'm blessed. And, and if I really believe that, then, then I can't outgive God. I can't. I, I can't. I'm just saying, I can't outgive God. And I was talking on the phone this week with a friend that lives in a different state. You don't know him. He's been in a job change, and he just, he, and he's, but he's someone that honors God with his finances in that way. And he and I have had many conversations. He's, he's in business. He's not in, in church work. And uh, he was just talking to me about the blessings of God in his life. And he said, I'm just, and it's a deal. of, And I can just tell you, he's blessed because he honors God in that area. So, Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with the wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, and then your barns will be overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. We all like verse 10. The barns will be filled overflowing and vats uh, uh, brim over with new wine. But we sometimes fail to do the honoring God with the, with the wealth of our first fruits of our crops. And so there's an important thing to say, God, this is yours. I'm giving this to you. And when I do that, then here's what God will do. When I do that, then here's what God will do. When I trust him in that, then here's what God will do. So I bring it. I don't give it. The next thing is, is it goes to God's house, not my house. It's God's house, not my house. I don't get to self-direct. This isn't an IRA account. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, says the Lord. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So I take the tithe and I bring it to where? To the storehouse. 
The storehouse is, is the local church. In the Old Testament, it would be the priest, the pastor. And, uh, and that there may be food in my house, says the Lord, that there are, are resources. Why? So, so they would bring their tithe and they would give it to the priest. They would take it to, to the local synagogue. There they would offer sacrifice and they would take that and go with that. That there would be resources. And in the Old Testament, the, the, the family, the Levites, the priests would actually eat and live and everything off of what was given. They got, they got a percentage. And the reason why is because they got no other inheritance. And it, it would be much like today um, as a pastor or any of the pastors that are on staff here. Uh, we don't own Life Church. Life Church is not owned by Aaron Cole. You realize that. I'm just the pastor here. There's a board of directors here that I'm submitted to, uh, that, could, that could fire me, could bring me in and say, we're done with you and you need to leave. Um, I have certain fiduciary responsibilities to that board and to you as a congregation. I also have credentials with the Assemblies of God, and this is the Assemblies of God Church. And so, uh, so, so there, there's a connection in that regard that if I don't tithe, they will basically, I no longer have ministerial credentials. Uh, so I have, I'm under authority. And at the end of the day, should the Lord move Tammy and I from here as, this, as the pastors of this church, I don't have stock options here. I don't own part of this. This isn't a business that I'm building. It doesn't matter. You know, the, the net worth goes from this amount to this amount. This is his church. And so whereas if I'm a business guy and I'm building a business, then I can sell that business. I don't do that. It's the same way in the Old Testament. The, the priests didn't have ownership of anything. They were just simply there, and based upon the tithe and based upon the giving of the people, then they, were, they received part of that. Part of that went into to, to the church. Part of that went into to, for them. And most of that in the Old Testament was, you know, it was pigeons and it was animals and, and it, was, it was things that were, were more of an agricultural nature, uh, 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 grain and so forth, whereas today none of us really go to, like, Syndex and say, hey, man, I got two ducks. What can I get for two ducks? We just, they don't operate with ducks or chickens. You just pay them money, right? So that's what it is. So it's just, it's a currency. And it doesn't really matter what the currency is. That, that's the reality. And so, so what I'm trying to say to you is, is that the storehouse was a local church and that there may be food or resources. Well, what would that be for us? Well, that, that means that the tithe provides a resource to the local church. So all the ministry that's here, all the facilities that are here, all the services, everything that Life Church provides comes from the tithe. This stuff doesn't, you know, We Energy doesn't give us like an option to say, hey, you guys are great. We, we didn't, you know, the company that's building the building, they didn't just come in and say, you're a church, we're going to do this for free. <laughs> I wish. Um, you know, I mean, so you're talking about millions of dollars. And so it's, it's, it, it costs. I love what Brian Houston says, that the gospel is free, but getting it out is very expensive. And so all of these, you know, from goldfish that your kids will eat to, to the ministries that are going on, to diapers and wet wipes, to toilet paper, to, to lights, to, 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 to compensation, all that stuff, it's, it's, all, it's all there. And here's the way I like to say it. At, at, at Life Church, there are two chairs at Life Church. There are two seats, if you would. And the first seat is, a, is what we call a thank you seat, which means somebody provided that seat for, for, for you. You did not pay or do anything. We don't pay admission to get to Life Church. You just come. You're welcome to come and, and do. And so, so there's a seat for you, and that's a thank you seat. And that means somebody provided that seat. You didn't pay for that seat, but somebody else paid for that seat. And everybody at Life Church starts in that seat. I started in that seat. There was a seat that was here for me. And it was some, some, some very, very wonderful people that said, we believe that God wants to build a church in Germantown. And it was at the very beginning that Tammy and I were able to be here just thereafter. And so... But the second seat is, is the your welcome seat. 
And this is the people that are bringing the tithe that provide a seat for the thank you people. So they're the people that go, you know what? I believe in the vision. I believe this is where God wants me and my family to be. I believe in what's being taught. My family's growing and flourishing. I believe God's word, and I'm going to honor God in this area, and I'm going to bring the tithe. And those people are the people that are paying for the building, the light, the electricity, the goldfish, the heat. Some of you are looking at goldfish. Little kids eat the goldfish, little crackers. All right. Okay, right. You got what I'm saying. You got to keep them happy. All right. So that's that's what's going on. And so everybody in this room, you sit in one of two seats. The thank you seat, you sit in a seat that you didn't provide. Or the you're welcome seat. It's just you provided that seat. And the question is, is which seat are you sitting in? And it may be that you need to change seats. Because you realize, wow, this is all part of that whole plan. God blesses me, but this is the way for me to be able to, to give. This is the way for me to be able to, to do this. This is the way for me to be able to be this way. Now, let me say this before I move on towards the end of this. Most pastors don't have conversations that are this frank with people. And some of you are looking at me like I've never heard a pastor talk like this before. But it's just money, folks. There's nothing spiritual about this as far as what's in your hand. But the desire from your heart from which you give that money, that's very spiritual. That's where I'm at. it's what Jesus said about the woman who only had two mites and she gave. And Jesus stops and he takes the disciples and he says, look at this woman. She gave all that she had. She's given more than the richest guy in the room. It's never about amounts. You understand that? It's not about amounts. Today, yesterday, whatever. I don't know what you give. There's so many people at Life Church. There's no way I know. But I'm just simply saying it's, it's an issue of my heart. And in order for God to bless you, you have to operate in this area in your life. And if you don't in this area of your finances, then in the area of your finances, you don't get blessed. I didn't write it. Don't email me. You think I like to stand up here and have this conversation? But this is part of what helps you grow as, as, as a Christ follower. And as a pastor... I see this on an ongoing basis and have. I see people struggle and struggle and struggle. And I can tell you why they struggle. Because they don't honor God with their finances. And I see other people that are blessed. Not just financially, but they're blessed. Deuteronomy says that you'll be blessed in the country, blessed in the city, blessed going in, blessed going out. You will be blessed. Why? Because they honor God in that area. And God opens it up. And that's kind of where I want to end with today is the Bible says that when you honor God in this area of your life, that he will bless you. Now, I want you to look at this. First of all, to the blessings of tithing. I just want to talk to you about this. First of all, you will be blessed, period. You will be blessed when you, when you tithe. I didn't write it. It's what it says. Verse 10 says, And see, God says, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there is not room enough for you to store it. I don't know anybody that would turn that down. When you honor God with your finances, that's what his word says. Some of you go, man, that's what you pray when we give the tithe. I pray that because that's the blessing that God says is linked to the tithe. That he will bless you. You want the blessings of God in your life? Honor God. It's not about the amount. Does God need your money? No. It's about your heart. It's about do you trust him? Do you trust him with the 10%? Do you believe that God with the 90% is greater than you with the 100%? Do you trust him? 
but I don't have, my, I don't, I don't have the ability. I, don't, I can't tithe. You're never going to be able to tithe. That's kind of like having kids. We're going to wait till we can afford it. You're never going to afford it. You figure that out, and when you have them, you're like, oh, Lord, I really didn't know this. But if you want God to bless in the area of your life, I'm just telling you, he will throw open the floodgates of heaven and open and pour out blessings upon you so great you never know contain it. The second area of blessing is your work will be blessed. Your work will be blessed. The intangible and intangible favor of God on your work. Whether you work for someone else or you work for yourself or you're trying to work, <laughs> he'll bless it. Look at verse 11. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Again, they're an agricultural society. And it's talking about the work of their hands, that God will bless it. That God will bless it. And you go, well, it's, it's what his word says. That when you honor him in this area, when you do this in this area, that he'll bless your work. That he'll bless it. See, what happens sometimes in our life is we get, we get to going along and all of a sudden life gets good and we, we just kind of forget God. And then life gets bad and we remember him. And we do all these spiritual principles in our life. And then life gets good again and we kind of forget God. That's what happened to the nation of Israel. That's what they did. And the Bible says if you'll just be consistent, you'll just be faithful, you'll just, you will do that, you'll honor him, that he'll bless the work of your hands. Looking for a job? Honor him. But you don't understand. I, I, I get it. I'm just saying, honor him in this area of your life. I mean, I encourage you. I mean, we, we do Financial Peace University, which is a, a Dave Ramsey program, which is awesome. Gary Pribnich, our business administrator, uh, executive director of our business and finance here at Life Church, runs it. And again, to help you get out of debt, stay out of debt. But Dave Ramsey will tell you. Dave Ramsey's not a pastor. Dave Ramsey will tell you tithing is a spiritual um, discipline that has real financial implications in your life. It'll bless the work of your hands. And the last thing that the Bible says is that your testimony will be blessed. Your testimony will be blessed. Verse 12 says, And all the nations, again, he's speaking to the nation of Israel, will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord, says the Lord Almighty. It means people from the outside that know who you are will look at your life and go, man, the blessings of God are on, is on your life. For some of you, it's family. They think you're crazy because you're following Jesus. But they can't deny that there's blessings in your life. For some of you, it's, 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 it's you know, it's, um, uh, it, it may be uh, neighbors or it may be coworkers. It, it may, be, may be people that you're working with. But people begin to look at your life and go, they, they're living a blessed life. I mean, they're, they're living, they're, they're, their family's blessed. Their, their home is blessed. And this isn't just finances, folks. This is about every area of your life. This is about your marriage. In this day and age, to have a marriage that's intact and two people that love each other after a few years of marriage, is, there's a blessing. That your children, there's a blessing. You just, you just can't, you just can't, it's just, it's just the way God works. And it boils down to trust. This last week, I was, 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 uh, was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's a pastor. And uh, 
he, he and I went to college together, and his st- father started a church in Cincinnati, uh, and they just celebrated 50 years. And he just became the senior pastor a few years ago of the church. And, and, uh, and uh, Brad was telling me this story. He said, we were celebrating what God had done in this 50-year celebration. He said, there was a couple that when we went to build the building, now they built, this was back in the early 80s, late 70s. So the sanctuary sat close to 5,000 people. So when we went to build this building, he said it was huge. And uh, he said there was a family that my dad called all, everybody to sacrifice, sacrifice. He said, that, he said he's from that good old generation of everything's about sacrifice and trusting God and giving everything and doing. And he said, and this couple said, we're going to, we don't have much, but we're going to trust God in this area. And we're going to sacrifice to see God's kingdom built. And Brad said, I, I told the story on the 50th anniversary and celebrated them. Because nobody knew this, but my dad told me. And he said, uh, the couple gave up health insurance for five years. Young family, five years. And they feel like God told them to do that. I'm not telling you to do that, so don't, don't, don't go out here and go, so the pastor said don't have health insurance. I have health insurance, all right? I'm just telling you. But I'm saying this to prove a point. And he said, he said there's just a working class family. And man, they loved God, loved the church. And he said, and they, they gave, and they were faithful. And they told, he said, for five years, never went to the doctor, never sick, none of the kids sick, not one single nothing for five years. At the end of the five years, they were done with their faith commitment, and so they resumed their insurance. And within two months, they both had to go to the hospital and were hospitalized. And, you know, it was like, oh, it kind of caught up. But, but the reality is, is that, is that you think about that. It's not about an amount. It's about a trust. And when I talk to people on the subject of tithing, and again, I want you to understand this. There's no financial troubles. But people hang on to money like it's everything. And the Bible says that a man that takes money and hangs on to it like that is a man that like, takes money that has holes in his pockets. The more he puts in, the more it goes out. And he can never fill it. Because money can't fill it. It can't meet the need. Only God can. And I'm just telling you. I've told you much of my own story. But one of the things growing up in, in the home that I grew up in, I didn't grow up in a pastor's house. My dad taught us to tithe. I'll never forget it. I'll, I'll never forget it. And today, he lives a, much, a very blessed life. But, um, but it goes back to those early years. Of just, and we, never, we were never without. That was an amazing thing. I remember we'd get in the car, that old Ford Torino. Mom would say, we got to pray that God will stretch the gas to get you to school. We never ran out. I remember one time, there, my dad got paid every Tuesday at the, from the plant. And uh, he, had, he had brought the tithe. And they didn't have enough money for bread for sandwiches. And my mother somehow put together and made bread, the best bread I've ever had in my life since then or before then. It was like there was always just enough. And I'm just trying to say to you that... As we go even to close today, and you take that blue envelope, you have a test. 
not to me, but between you and him. And if you're not tithing and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to take God up on his word and test him and see if he won't do what he says he'll do in verses 10, 11, and 12. Just give him an opportunity. If he doesn't, if God's a liar, then just quit doing it. But just test him. And if you're being faithful in that area, maybe you're going through a rough patch, just understand God knows. He sees. He's, he's there. You're never going to run out. I'm just telling you. And if we trust him in this, I think especially as Americans, if we can trust him in the area of our finances, he will do exceedingly abundantly above all we could think or ask. And that's my desire for you as a church, is that you'll live that blessed life, that God will bless you. He'll bless your finances. He'll bless your kids. He'll bless you and everything that you do. So I'm going to pray for you today. Father, I just thank you today for your word. And I thank you that it's so clear. And I know there's a lot of emotion right now. I know there's a lot of, of thinking right now. There's a lot of processing. But your word's very straightforward. And we've got a choice. Either we accept it, we practice it, and we trust you, or we rationalize it, and we do away with it. And either way, your word's still true. And I pray for people that are today, God, in the area of their finances, that they're hurting, that they're struggling. Lord, that they'll trust you. And that God, as they trust you, as they test you, Lord, in this area, that you will show up and open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing upon them so great that everyone can contain it. I pray, God, help us to be people that honor you in this area of our lives, that live this out. And I just pray your blessings on your church today in Jesus' name. Amen.